Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee Conversations with Adele. I'm your host, Adele Tevlin, and I am so thrilled to be bringing to you this new season, this new ideation of my podcast. In each podcast episode, I am going to be featuring a guest, a friend, a colleague in the space, a thought leader, someone who I would be having coffee with, and you can be getting the behind the scenes of what it's really like to sit down and have a real conversation with me and some of these amazing human beings. The purpose of this podcast is for you to deeply connect uh, with me and the people in my life that I care deeply about, for you to get to know something about me that you don't already know, and for you to gain a new perspective. Every every, uh, podcast guest that I feature will push the boundaries in bringing a new perspective, which allows you to tap into a new point of view. So I can't wait to dive into today's episode. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Coffee Conversations. And on today's episode, I got to tell you before I introduce this incredible human, this was one of those beautiful serendipitous moments where you just know that you're in alignment to be speaking to this person. So I am interviewing uh, Kim Long, who's a psychologist out in Alberta, and we are having I think one of the most important conversations that we could be having today, and I don't say that lightly to the point where we're going to have her back for a part two, because it was just, we could have talked for hours and hours and hours. Please listen to this podcast. Please share this podcast with someone in your life who you think might need it. And you'll know more when we, when you dive in. Um, I think it's candid as always, unscripted as always, unfiltered as always. And I think now more than ever in this time in history, we need the truth. We need leadership. And we need powerful fucking conversations. So let's dive in. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Kim. And then we're going to dive into today's really impactful and I would say highly important conversation. So King Long, Kim Long, who is she? Now, I'm assuming you don't want to hear all the technical mumbo jumbo about what it is I do. It's there, but I've got a feeling you just want to know how I can help you. I'm Kim Long and I love to be a resource for vets adolescents, and regular people just like you so you can feel safer in an unpredictable world by rebuilding trust with yourself again. I mean, come on, now more than ever. I've lived with not trusting myself and believe me, the other side is a lot more fun. After a lifelong as a a base brat, so she lived on um, army bases, an undergrad in psychology and after a degree in education, I took my master's of counseling degree and finally registered as a psychologist in Alberta. Along the way, I realized I've always been driven to help others find their voice and feel accepted in this crazy world. So Kim's incredible. I can't wait for you guys to dive into today's episode. And please, like I said, share, share this with people in your life, you know, comment, subscribe, give us a rating, let us know how this impacted you. It would mean the world to us. Okay, let's dive in. Mm-hmm. Okay. And to your point about people oversharing, I want to hear your perspective on this. What does that even mean? And why do you think they're doing it? You've mm-hmm. got people oversharing. You've got people sharing their Titanic moments. I love that. I've never heard that before, but that's just so good. Yeah. You've got people crying and trying to get attention. You've got, you've got people yelling, screaming, fucking cutting people off. You've got people canceling. You've got people. It's just so much trauma brain stuff. And it's not anyone's fault because to your point, if you're walking around with PTSD and you or some version of maybe small T PTSD, 
you know, if you don't realize it, but some of this conversation is landing like, wow, I'm more quick to anger. I'm really reactive. My mood has been all over the place. I'm always looking over my shoulder. I'm hypervigilant. I feel scared. Mm-hmm. That's enough to go, wait a second. Maybe I should go look, look at that and get some, some help. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I really want to be clear that <clears throat> I, in my office, we don't work a lot with labels. We don't, I mean, if it helps you get funding, if it helps you understand what's going on for you, great, right? But but I don't believe that you need to have an actual DSM diagnosis to ask for help. Because in our world, I think speaking to, to what you were asking about, um, I think the reason why people overshare on media is something you mentioned before, which is connection. We're, we've forgotten, I mean, I remember in junior high, it, we tried to keep technology at a minimum over lunch and there were two junior high kids sitting side by side and they were on their phones texting. And I'm like, who are you guys talking to? Why aren't you talking to each other? And they're like, we are. They were texting each other. They weren't even talking to you. They were sitting side by side. And I think, I'm, I mean, I grew up on a military base. So all our neighbors, we knew each other, parents helped out and there was a sense of community. And because you had that sense of community, there was safety Yeah. and everybody was looking out. I mean, it was a catch 22 because my parents would sometimes find out what I did when I didn't want them to know, but <laughs> you always knew that you were safe and there were people looking out for you and we don't. And there was a sense of belonging. Yeah. We just don't have that anymore. And I think that's what people are seeking is like-minded people which is the problem with no longer having dialogue is now you're just getting these groups of like-minded people, but mm. we're seeking people who validate us and who, who accept us for who we are. Yes. And I'm not sure how it turned into being social media rather mm. than the people in your community, but yes. I think it's left us feeling really unsafe and unsure. And, and people are just trying to survive. Like yes. that's, I agree with you. It's not a bad thing. And they're lower, lonelier. Like there's a statistic out of Harvard that for like, for being as connected as we are technologically to so many people all over the world, we've never had a loneliness epidemic like we do right now, because to your point, we don't know how to be in community unless, well, it's harder to be in community. Okay. We don't have that sense of belonging or safety or that tribal kind of feeling. And it's funny because we were in with these women in my group and it was like being together in space yes. like physical proximity for a week coming out of a, like some of us have never met and we've been with me since covid mm-hmm. and it was like we got to hug each other and cry together and sit in circle and sit in community and it the power of it was like i even forgot because you know we now live in a very digital world where i work from home my husband's home but like i don't see a lot of people and And so there is this longing. And I think what's happening is people are using the internet or social media as a way to belong or as a way to feel seen or as a way to feel accepted or as a way to get that connection. But it's done in unconsciously, not consciously. I think it's done in a way that almost projects the opposite. And Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like when a child, and this is part of the work I'm sure you do, Mm-hmm. is that all we ever wanted to do is feel love and security yes. from our parents so we either adopt their personality or we rebel, rebel against it and mm-hmm. regardless like the adoption of the exact traits in some way push us away from the thing that we love or want yes. and in that way I think that that's 
kind of what's happening on social media is the people that are on there. And I'm not saying, I'm saying this because I really do think that there can be a huge zeitgeist shift around this, yeah. that the people out there that are um, oversharing, and I, let's maybe distinguish that for people. So to me, that's like the difference between mature vulnerability and oversharing. It's like, yeah. and maybe it's as thin as a razor's edge, but so the people that are oversharing are getting muted. Like, I can't tell you how many people I know that are like, I had to mute that person. I had to mute that person. I had to mute it. Why? Because it's like noise and people can feel the inauthenticity. If that makes sense, you can feel yeah. the ick factor. You can feel the trauma. You can feel the versus mature vulnerability. So I'll give you my distinction. I want to hear yours to me. Mm-hmm. Mature vulnerability is I'm sharing something that I've gone through. Okay. Mm-hmm that I have gleaned the wisdom and healed to some extent so I can share to teach. Yeah. Okay, that's how I, and that's a big way of, of how I teach. I teach mm-hmm. through my own experience, but I've had to, I have to have gone through it enough, not in the trauma. I'm on the other side. I've gleaned the wisdom and I share from that teaching. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oversharing is I'm trying to get a need met by doing this. Yeah. Okay. Tell me your definition. Um, I'd agree with that. I think, I think it ha- it comes back to self-awareness to a certain extent yes. and being able to set your intention in communication. So what is my, what is my purpose of posting? Um, and I mean, luckily I have an amazing team who handles the social media because I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know anything about it. I don't even know like how to friend unfriend. I have no idea. So, <laughs> so they handle all of that for me. And, but our message is to build relationship. And to put something out there that either makes somebody laugh or feel something or learn something. That's, we have an intention behind Mm -hmm. the message that we're sending out. So to me, it's like, if you don't, if you don't have an intention beyond how many likes you're going to get, maybe don't post it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Like if, if this is just about how much attention you can get or how, how big of a reaction you can get. Mm -hmm unless there's a different purpose behind it, like you want the reaction to create conversation and debate that Mm -hmm. can be educational or that can be helpful. But if you're just posting it to show everybody how angry you are or, or attack someone or um, to, to show, to have people reach out to you to say, Oh, I feel so bad for you. Like, if that's what you need, I would invite you to find a community at home where you can be in the physical presence of that loving kindness because yeah, the body reaction yeah. is so important. There's, you know, you can feel a vibe when you walk into a room. And the reason for that is again, the body and emotion brain and being able to be close to someone who genuinely cares about you can be healing without words. Yes, absolutely. So, 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 yeah. so tell me then when you say like, there's so many people oversharing on Facebook or Instagram, what does that mean to you? Cause I think this is a huge thing for people. Yeah. Um, do you mean like the impact it has on me or. Oh, like when you, when you even just think about like, Oh, the distinct, this distinction of oversharing and like what, how you view it or how you can tell that somebody is because. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I think. Hmm. How do I tell for me? It's again, that uh, you've spoken to it where it's kind of like, ugh, I don't want to read it. Um, or yeah, a lot of it is that instinctive reaction of, 
I don't want to read it. It's too much. Like it almost feels like uh, either like someone's pulling at me yes. or someone is like yelling at me. <laughs> so if oh. I, if I feel that emotional response on those two ends, then I'm like, I can't have it in my life. And I think partially for me, I have, I have to admit that I have a sensitivity towards it because I work with complex trauma all day. And so to read something at night that shows people's pain in that way that I know they're hurting and I can't help them because like, there's nothing there to help them with that hurts me. So selfishly, I'm like, I I can't, (laughs) I just can't do it, which is also why I don't watch the news. So my clients laugh at me. (laughs) Well, I mean, you're smart for not watching the news, but there's two things you said that I want to touch on before we kind of wrap up and I, I feel like we could go on for days and I think it would be nice yeah. to do a part two but sure. one of the things you said that is very profound is that when and this is for everybody who's listening I think it's important for people to have a criterion to understand what's going yeah. on even like what we said PTSD or criteria for oversharing or like if you're watching something or reading something and your something's going on in your body trust that your body is communicating yes. this either feels like right or wrong to me this feels like icky or this feels like truth like your body knows lies versus truth that's that's the truth so for me oversharing is I always trust when I look at something how does that make me feel in my body yes our subconscious mind knows when something is being shared that feels like Mm -hmm. it's not true you feel it in your gut you feel it somewhere in your body and I think it's important for people because to your point, you said something very brilliant at the beginning. We become so desensitized. What have we become desensitized to our own truths, yes. to our own body, to even understand like this does not, it's like this feels wrong to me. I'm not judging the person. I'm not even saying no. they're yes. They're yes. not wrong. It feels wrong for me. That's a boundary. Going back to boundaries, it's like yeah. this feels wrong to me. Maybe that's their truth, but yeah. I don't want that in my space, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't need to know you know, all of your unprocessed trauma. And I think that's the piece around oversharing for me. And you said it when you can see someone's trauma, I would distinguish it even further to say they're unprocessed trauma. They have dealt with it in therapy. They haven't unpacked it. They don't have a place to land safely yet. And so they're kind of like splurting it everywhere. And it's like horrible diarrhea. Yeah. So I say this for people listening because I... I think that it's people like us, Kim, it's our mission to help people during crazy times. And we have lived in chaos since 2019, 2020. Yeah. I think that with everybody having a voice on the internet, sadly, or everybody having a voice on social media, I think we have to be more discerning around what we let into our mind because our mind is the most precious part of us. It's our most sacred container because everything that comes into your subconscious mind has to get expressed in your physical reality as a body issue a circumstance a result whatever so if we can help people go okay maybe i because i have now freaking rambled on about my social media detox forever on every episode of the podcast people are probably listening to me like i know i know i know i'm over your conversation but this is actually taking it one step further it's like if you're gonna be on social media because it's part of how you run your business or you want to be, then be fucking discerning. Mm -hmm. If someone is on a soapbox yelling at you on their social media, you can mute them. Yeah. You don't have to let that in. Just like if 
someone was at, if you were physically in someone's space and they were punching you, yeah, <laughs> you'd probably either punch back or run away. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's not personal. Like it's okay that you don't want to read that one post or it's okay that you don't want to watch that one thing, you know, but I, I think it goes back to that idea of awareness that if we're going to set a boundary or limit, or if we're going to decide about what we're posting on social media or anything in our life, we have to build in the pause. Mm -hmm. We have to give ourselves permission to just take a, take a hot minute <laughs> and just like, I don't know if you want to take a sip of water or spin a ring. Somebody mentioned that um, the other day or whatever, but take at least three to five seconds before you make a decision or before you act to just check in with your body or your mind, what is going on before you respond. And then that way you can choose your response a little bit more intentionally. So again, back to intention and choice, you know, it, I think it was Viktor Frankl, um, man's Man's search for meaning. And his whole premise in that book is we get to decide who we are. Mm -hmm. No matter no what one else makes that choice, no matter what the circumstance. And we are living in crazy times. We are living in very sad, heartbreaking times and helpless times. Mm -hmm. So if we want to help, the best way we can do that is by being aware of who we want to be and contributing in a way that builds others up. 100%. It's funny that you say that because I've been referencing Viktor Frankl in, I lead a call every morning called Morning Fuel, where I teach yeah. a lesson every day. And I, I reference that book because that book changed my life. I'm, I'm Jewish and mm -hmm. uh, everything going on in the world right now hits very Oh, yes. Yeah. And I have chosen... One of the things that Viktor Frankl talks about in the book, for those people who have never read it, it's a must read. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, the Jews in the concentration camps who believed that they were not victims, they got out alive. Yeah. And when I say the power of our mind is the most important power to protect, is that I can't change what's going on in the Middle East, but I can change myself. I can choose to regulate how I am, who I'm being, to live in my purpose, to, to shed more light, to speak the truth, to bring love and harmony to send yeah. peace and prayers. I can do that. That's what I can control. I cannot control the conflict in the Middle East. I cannot, that is not something that is up to me, but what I can do is keep my mind clear. And it's had me double down, Kim, to be honest, because when it all started, I'll just say this before, you know, before you wrap up, mm -hmm. never, never devastation is, is, is an understatement, but it hit, I could see that if I, it hit me so hard that I was going to go down a wrong path. Mm. I was like, I found out about the news. It was crazy. And then it hit me so, so hard that I, I could see myself, if I wasn't trained the way that I am, I could see how it would send me down the wrong road. Yeah. I had to make a decision. And I remember Viktor Frankl's quote was like, I'm not a victim. Yeah. If I become a victim, then how can I lead my community? And so what I can do in this moment is I can't do much from here. Our armchair activism is not a thing, but what yeah. I can do is continue to heal myself, to continue to bring myself back to a place to return to love, like Marianne Williamson says, mm -hmm. to bring peace and harmony into my heart and to continue to live up my purpose, which is to help people heal. Yes. That's what I can do. That's what God put me on this planet to do, to sit there on the internet 
and to give an opinion about something that you have no fucking right to give an opinion about is not a return to love. No, no. And, and, you know, maybe this is a bookmark thing to talk about is, is helping people find their purpose because with that lack of awareness, I think part of the loneliness and part of the struggle to live our truth is we've lost being able to figure out what our truth is and what is our purpose. You know, you and I are fortunate that we know what our purpose is, but I think depression, anxiety, all of those things are really connected to not knowing why are we here? What is, what is my meaning? What is my meaning to my life? And, you know, just being able, there's so many things to talk about Adele. I should just stop. (laughs) But you know, we're going to bookmark it. We're going to have you back because you know, you're brilliant. I love, I love this conversation. I think that if we can talk, I think you're, I will say it's one thing and then we'll let people find you on your social media. They can tell us where they can find you. One of the things that I'll say that you said that is very powerful and let's bookmark this for part two is most people are, feel lost because they do not, they have not accepted their true purpose. Yeah. And without the acceptance of our purpose, our life loses meaning. And without meaning, we ha- we are lifeless. And yeah. so it's it's such a big context to have a big purpose, especially in times that are crazy. Yeah. So with all that, yeah. tell us where we can find you. We will schedule as part two. I've loved yeah. this conversation. I think people are going to get so much out of it. So thank, thank you. you. It's been awesome talking with you. Thank you. Um, and and I am leaving with a lot from your insights. So I really appreciate that. Um, okay, social media. Now that we've talked about the dangers of social media, let me- <laughs> Come follow me. <laughs> Go and like. No, I'm just kidding. Um, again, knowing that our social media comes out with clear intentionality. We are on Facebook. Um, it's Docha Psych. Um, and we're on Instagram. Again, Docha Psych. Um, so yeah, we're on Instagram, Facebook- Oh, my marketing team is going to kill me. Instagram, Don't worry, we're gonna YouTube. Link it we are on YouTube. That's where a lot of our um, vlogs go. So educational content. Um, and then we just started up on TikTok, but that's where we try to put some fun stuff like yeah. car confessionals and things like that. But yeah, it's all Doja Psych and beautiful. We'll if you sure want to check it out, that's great. If you yeah. don't want to check it out, no harm, no foul. Exactly. <laughs> oh, we, also, we also have an app. Um, that we just developed where it's for when you're struggling in the moment. So you don't have to use it every day. And it has strategies geared towards your strongest sense so that you're targeting the emotion brain and the body brain. Oh, I love that. And it's free. So yeah. And that's the Dochus Life Jacket app. Okay. We're going to make sure all that's in the show notes for people. I think people need this Mm -hmm. now more than ever. It's been a pleasure. I know you've got to go. I've got to go. We will, we will bring this back again but have an amazing day. I love this. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Coffee Conversations. It really means the world to me that you take time every week to listen to now a very thought-provoking conversation with me and some of my close friends and peers in the industry, a little bit of a behind the scenes, a dialogue of what it would be like to have coffee with me and some of my friends who are thought leaders in this space. And I just want you to know something that you're so worthy of success and you can have whatever it is that you desire. I believe in you and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.